Good morning, everyone. And good morning to everyone who's watching online as well. And I'm so proud of everybody that got here in the rain. I know some of you probably had to swim in the door, so I'm so glad you're here on a rainy Sunday morning. Uh, we have some big announcements. Pastor Sam, do you know what this Wednesday night is? No, it's not the picnic. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not the picnic. This Wednesday is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Sheila back there in the sound booth, she is making all kinds of Star Wars treats for our dinner at 515. You're going to want to sign up for dinner. It's going to be amazing. Um, Catherine is having with the kids Glow for Jesus. They're going to have a party. The youth are going to have a lesson and Star Wars games. It's going to be amazing for Star Wars night. It's going to be great. So you don't want to miss it. The following Wednesday, the 11th, Pastor Sam, what is it? It's a church picnic on the 11th, and it's going to be great. You don't want to miss that at Nakalula Falls. Um, the GFUMC Brunch Club meets monthly at 1230. All young adults and families are welcome. And you know, Jay gave me approval. He said, I'm young. Yes. He's, he's just saying that because at we're heart. on camera right now. But I'm young now. At heart. So yes, we want you there. That's the GFUMC Brunch Club. Uh, Mosaic meets on Thursdays at 6 o'clock at the back 40. And we also have a service here at 530. Uh, if you can't make Sunday morning, come to one of those. Our Sunday school classes are amazing. You want to check them out. Ken Casey is here. You want to go to his class. It's great. But if you don't want to go to that one, we have one for all ages. And we're doing Love Does up in the gathering room. We would love to have you. Uh, Mother's, Day Roses, our Mother's Day Rose Sale for the Sarah Rabin Johnson Memorial Fund. That would be for next Sunday. If you want to do that, I would do that soon. Um, that's a $20 donation. And they place a rose on the altar uh, in honor of someone that you love. And that fundraiser goes to our Early Learning Center here. And our Early Learning Center is amazing. If you don't know much about our Early Learning Center, Helene Haller is here. Ask her questions and ask how you can help and serve and all that. It's great. Um, and lastly, I wanted to say this is not a church announcement, but it kind of is. We have a bunch of our choir members from Traditional that are in Sound of Music at Theater of Gadsden. Go see them and show them some support. That's uh, tonight and then uh, also next weekend as well. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come and worship together today. Pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And good morning again. Uh, Pastor Sam wanted me to make a quick announcement to uh, all of you out there on the computer and, of course, all of us here uh, in uh, person for worship. We have just finished up our Alleluia offering. So that is, again, something that we do during our Lenten season and to celebrate it at Easter. And we use the funds that have been raised for various programs within our church. This past year, we met as church leadership and tried to define some needs within our church. And I think that had been expressed quite clearly. We were trying to, uh, again, pay for some of our uh, choir members. We have some other programs with our children's ministry that these funds are going to go to. And of course, we issue a challenge out to the church membership to uh, tithe over and beyond your normal tithe uh, at least a week's worth of wages for yourself as an Alleluia offering at Easter. We had quite a lofty goal this year of $35,000 as we, were, we needed some money here at the church. And uh, it's amazing when you pray for it and you, you claim it, how it can happen. And so I want to thank you as a church body uh, for stepping up to that challenge. And I'm very, very pleased and proud and honored to announce that to date we have received $37,765. So a fantastic hallelujah moment for yourself and glory to God on that. Would you stand and sing with us? Savior is done. 
darkness now is ended in the kingdom of light the kingdom of life forever under your dominion you're the king of my life the king of my no higher name Jesus you reign above it all on the cross the work was finished God you poured out your life just to give us new life and from the lips of the here and let them arise Cause Jesus, you're alive You reign above it all You reign above it all Over the universe and over every heart There is no higher name Jesus, you reign above it all Good morning, everybody. Good morning to everybody who's worshiping by live stream. Say hello to us. Say, tell us where you're worshiping from. I hope it's not raining wherever you are, if you're at the beach or something like that. We're glad that you're here today. Um, our wonderful children's director, Catherine Barnes, is going to make... Uh, do we have any second graders here to, this morning? 
Oh, you want to say a word about our second? We have second, every year we do second grade Bible presentations, and you see them lined up here on the, uh, on the altar rail. We just don't happen to have any in this service. But I do want to say how thankful I am for our children's ministry. You want to say anything, Catherine? Okay. Can she borrow your mic? Thank you. Good morning. Um, just to reiterate, we said yes. Each year we have we we pass out um, Bibles to our um, second graders who have c- completed second grade. Um, I ask that the church body pray for these children who are receiving their Bibles as they learn the Scripture and apply it to their daily lives. Um, I'm going to announce the children's names just so you know who they are, and then once um, I've announced their names, we're going to pray over the Bibles. So. Um, Cooper Jones, Miko Norris, Hadley Freeman, and Liam Humphreys. Okay. All right. Well, join me now as we just say a little prayer for these children and for um, the, the home that these Bibles will get, that it'll find a home in their hearts. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. We thank you so much for these children, Lord. They're, they're learning, they're growing, and we, Lord, want to be a good example for them, and we want to provide them with everything they need to be nurtured in their faith, including a copy of your word. Just, Lord, I pray for each one of these children. I pray for Catherine and our children's ministry. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, you want to take the kids on to the children's church while you're, you're up and at it? Anybody that wants to go to children's church? Yeah. The month of May, we're going to be focusing, our mission focus is going to be on our missionaries that we support around the world. And each each Sunday, we're going to put a picture up and and just say a little bit. And just remember that when we give generously to our church and when our church gives in Connectional Ministries, this is the kind of ministry we do around the world. Um, Reverend Rhett Thompson is a member of North Alabama Conference. Brother Ken, he has been missionary in Panama as long as I can remember. It's been, uh, do, do you know, I mean, a long, long time for as long as I can remember. I know he's a local boy as far as local around uh, for me. He's from the Florence area and, and grew up in Canterbury Methodist Church in Birmingham. Um, he, he went to um, Davidson College in North Carolina and got a Master of Divinity from Candler uh, School of Theology at Emory. And then since then, most, most recently, he's gotten a master's in family counseling from the Catholic University in Panama. He's basically made his home and raised his family in Panama, where he's been uh, a missionary all these, yeah, all these many years. So pray for Rhett and for the uh, people's uh, lives that are touched by his ministry and his counseling ministry in particular. So, uh, and then uh, if you have a particular prayer need you'd like to send to us, we'd love to have those. You can email those to us. You can jot them on a card, put it in the offering plate. You can just hand them to us, tell us. Uh, we, we have a prayer team that prays every week, and we, we love to pray for you. We love to hear about your answers to prayer and let us know about those too. Um, I want to invite you to just keep on giving and support missions like our uh, missionaries we support around the world, support the ministries we do like our children's and youth ministry, and uh, give because it makes you a better person. That's what God, uh, the way God designed it. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways. Help us to just pause and take time to count those blessings. Help us, Lord, to remember who you are and how great you are and how much you love us. And then help us to turn around and love each other and to love you in just that way. God, we pray for those who are struggling right now. We especially remember um, our brothers and sisters who are struggling in Ukraine and for, for those in surrounding countries who have opened their churches and their homes for the refugees. We pray, Lord, for a, a quick and peaceful resolution to, to this war and any strife around the world. Lord, we pray for um, Pastor Rhett over in Panama and for his family and for all those whose lives are touched because he heard your call and he went. Thank you so much for that. Bless, Lord, the giving of the tithes and offerings and uh, bless the tithes and offerings themselves to do ministry and to, and to further your kingdom 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. listen to our praise band lead us in worship don't y'all yeah we are um i'm still excited about the picnic pastor andy i can't wait i want it except wouldn't be good today but i'm excited about the picnic
Um, John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19 will be our scripture today. I invite you to follow along with me uh, at home. Follow along with me up on the screen or the pew bibles. Uh, John chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two of his others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Simon Peter, uh, they said, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat. That night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They said, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about 100 yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there and fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. Now this was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I have loved, that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My friend's daughter did something last weekend uh, that I, I wish all of y'all could do. If you haven't already done it, she went to, to Camp Sumatonga and went on a spiritual retreat called Walk to Emmaus. Uh, you've, I, you've heard me talk before about the Walk to Emmaus and how meaningful and powerful it was in my life. But have any of y'all ever been on Walk to Emmaus? Some of, some of you have. Um, well, it, it really is a powerful weekend. So since most of you didn't raise your hand, you haven't been on it, and I don't know who's watching the live stream, I'll tell you kind of how the Walk to Emmaus works. You have a sponsor who takes you to, to camp on a Thursday evening, and um, your sponsor kind of gets you settled in there and drops you off and gets you where you need to be, and then your sponsor leaves and goes back to home, right, and comes back the following Sunday night and picks you back up at the closing service and takes you back home. So for three full days, you're at beautiful Camp Sumatonga with no cell phones, no TVs, no computers, no car, not even a watch. 
Now, for some of you, that you say, man, that sounds great. For some of you, you're already starting to shake a little bit, getting withdrawal symptoms, you know, from the phone and stuff like that, you know. Um, but it, look, it's not meant to do that. It's not meant to be anything. It, what it's meant to do is, is to give each person who goes on this retreat um, a chance for maybe for the first time to have enough undistracted time to really talk to God and to really let God talk to them. That's what it's designed to do. And as a side benefit from going on a Emmaus walk, going on this retreat, you're going to, you know, you're going to meet other people who are on their journey, and um, you're going to make new friends. You're going to sing a lot. You're going to worship a lot. You're going to eat a lot. Um, you're going to hear clergy speakers and lay speakers both uh, give give talks about kind of the basics of Christian living, every, from everything from grace to perseverance to priorities, you name it. Um, and sort of like the original pilgrims on the walk to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, somehow mysteriously you find yourself encountering the risen Christ. It's just, it's an amazing three days. But let me tell you this, and, and almost without exception, here is the, what your brain goes through over this period. On Thursday night, when your friend gets you there and you get all these people and the strangers, and you, here you are, and you know you don't have your cell phone, and you're kind of like, you know, um, and here's what your brain says. What have I gotten myself into? I'm going to kill whoever it is <laughs> once I get my hands on them. That's kind of on Thursday night. But by the time you go through the retreat on Sunday night and you go through the closing service, you're kind of like, you know, it wouldn't be so bad just to stay here at Camp Sumatanga and not have to go back to normal life, right? Not have to go, almost without exception, that's the way people feel on the Emmaus walk because there you are and something's happened to you over these three days and you've had some kind of experience. Maybe you've been changed a little bit. Maybe you've been changed a lot, you know. But what are you going to do when you get back home, right? Normal life. You can't stay at camp forever, right? Eventually, Sunday's going to pass over. And guess what's going to roll around? Monday, right? Monday. And you're kind of stuck in this kind of, all right, Okay, Lord, so we've had a good experience together. What do we do now? What now? And what now is kind of the place where I feel like the disciples are in John chapter 21. They have been through their own experience with the risen Christ, their own uh, Emmaus walk type of experience, if you will. They, they've spent quality time with the risen Lord. We read about it in John chapter 20 and read about it last week. And Sheila did a great job, by the way, uh, of sharing that experience in John chapter 20. There, what the disciples were there. They were locked behind closed doors. They were scared to death. Jesus came to them behind those closed doors. And Jesus said, peace be with you. And then he let them touch his scars and said, here, it's really me. No, it's really me. And then he said to them, as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. I'm sending you. And he breathed the Holy Spirit on them, and they were changed forever. All of them were changed from this experience. All of, the, well, not all of them, right? Because Thomas, oh, doubting Thomas, famously was not there. He was not there. But the rest of the disciples were, and they were super excited. And they saw Thomas, and they're like, "Woo, Thomas, Woo, we just had this amazing experience. We saw the resident. And Thomas was like, oh, I'm a little bit skeptical. I don't know. One of the talks that's given on the Emmaus Walk down at Camp Sumatanga is, is a talk called Fourth Days. And what that means, is, the fourth day is, is kind of this concept. You've been at camp for three days, right? 
and you've, you've had this amazing experience, you've met new people, and you, you've, maybe you've, you've really kind of had a long talk with God, and maybe something, you'll never be the same. But then comes the fourth day, and the fourth day hits on Monday. I've already mentioned Monday, and you know there's a reason why people don't say, thank God it's Monday. They say, thank God it's Friday, because Monday is just like, Monday? You know, Monday. And Monday after going to camp is like dirty laundry and dirty dishes. Going back to, maybe going back to a job that you may or may not love, but you got to go back anyway. It, Monday is just, yeah, Monday. And you're thinking, I don't know, what do I do now? And you're going to run into people like Thomas who they, they haven't been to camp, you know? They haven't had this amazing experience. And you're saying, ooh, I just went to Camp Subtanka. And they're like, well, so, you know, I didn't. So what do you want? Do you want a gold star? What do you want, you know? They don't share your enthusiasm. So I see in my mind, when I think about John 21, I see these seven disciples that are standing there by the sea, the Sea of Tiberias, which is the Sea of Galilee. You know, it's just, they've been around this all their whole life, you know. And I, I see them standing there on the shore, and I can hear the lapping of the water and smell the, the smell coming off of the sea and the wind on your face. And, and then, you know, you know, Simon Peter and James and John, sons of Zebedee, they, they all were there and they all used to make their living fishing right so they were thinking oh what do we do now how natural would it be for them to just get back on the boat and go fishing and so somebody might have said well what now and Simon Peter said well I guess we could just go back and go fishing but Here's the thing, after you experience the resurrected Lord, when, when you've had the Holy Spirit breathed on you and when you have received that commission to go and you've been sent, when you've taken on that identity as Easter people, going backwards is just not an option. It's just not a good option. Oh, I know we might want to. I know that sometimes we get nostalgic about the past or whatever, force of habit or whatever. I don't know how many times I have thought or said or I've heard people thought or say and smile at me this morning if you have heard people say, over the last two years, I can't wait till things get back to normal. Yeah, I understand that, man. I, as much as anybody, I understand that. But we've changed, you see. We've changed. Uh, and, and the new normal, whatever it looks like going forward, is not going to be the old normal. Um, the Greek philosopher Heraclitus is quoted as saying, No man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. You can go down here and step in the Kusa River one day and go back the next day and the river's changed and you have too. So we don't go backwards. We're Easter people. We've seen the resurrected Lord. The Holy Spirit's been breathed on us. Jesus has said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And you know, he didn't send them backwards. He didn't say, well, I want y'all to just go back and start doing things the old way again. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in our Christian baptism, and when we're asked those questions and we take those vows, we had confirmation Sunday not too many weeks ago, and we asked, the, we asked those kids the question, do you turn your back? Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world and you repent of your sin? You know, before you ever go forward, you turn your back on the old way. You accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And then you go forward with Jesus Christ as your Lord and put your whole trust in his grace. 
we first turn our back on the old way and then we head in a new way and a new way because now we fish for people right now we fish for people isn't that what Simon Peter was told by Jesus flashback with me okay to Luke chapter 5 Jesus is just starting out and he's just calling his disciples and well at this particular day he's there by that same sea and he's he's teaching the crowd of people gathered there and he gets over in Simon Peter's boat and he gets out a little ways from the shore and he teaches the people Simon's listening to him teach to you and then he tells Simon Peter launch out into the deep and let your let your nets down and Peter says master we've been fishing all night we haven't caught a thing they fished at night you see in the daytime is too hot fish gone down to the bottom they couldn't catch them with their net we fished all night long didn't catch a thing <sighs> but if you say so I'll go ahead and do it and he let the nets down and he pulled in so many fish he didn't know what to do the net started ripping other boats started coming over to help him do it and it was miraculous and Peter knew it was miraculous and he fell at the feet of Jesus and said Lord go away from me I'm a sinful man and Jesus said to him this Simon it's okay don't be afraid from now on you'll be fishing for people you see from now on you see how that goes forward from now on you'll be fishing for people so here they are back in John chapter 21 at Sea of Galilee they're coming in they're tired they're frustrated they've already pulled the nets in not a thing man not a thing and they see on the shore they can see the figure of this this guy on the shore he's got a little charcoal fire going there and he hollers at them children y'all haven't caught anything have you thanks for noticing stranger <laughs> no we haven't caught anything and this person who is Jesus and they don't know it yet says let your net stand on the other side of the boat what does this guy know was he build dance or something uh, but what do we got to lose so they let the nets on the other side again so many fish they don't know what to do but the nets hold them the nets don't tear the nets hold all of those fish they haul all of them in so many fish 153 did you notice that John puts the number in there 153 you ever wonder why 153 and now different people have had all kinds of different complicated answers the simplest answer I heard that I, I really think makes a lot of sense is a fourth century uh, priest and theologian named Saint Jerome said it's just simple there were 153 different kinds of fish as far as they knew back then. 150 specifically 153 different kinds of fish so this represents that fishing for people means we fish for one of all the different kinds of fishes there are in the sea I think about have any of y'all ever been to those aquariums like at Chattanooga or Atlanta or Gatlinburg you're in this big huge wall and there's all of these different kinds of fish in there all different colors and some of them are some of them are scary looking some strange looking some brightly colored some kind of dull but 153 all of the different fishes of the world there's room in the net for all of them we uh, we're doing a, a meeting tonight with our our leadership and uh, it's called pathways and we we bring up ideas we talk around the table and Claire putting her on the spot Claire had the greatest idea the last time we we're talking about things we could possibly do one of these is our Hebrews coffee thing but Claire said well we could all go to that that axe throw in place and we could we could have a thing called ask me why I'm United Methodist what isn't that great 
But if you ask me why I'm a United Methodist, one of the things I'm going to say is because in the United Methodist Church, there's room in the net for all of the fishies. You know, all of them, big ones, small ones, brightly colored ones, scary looking ones. You know, that's why I love being a United Methodist. Room, all nations and tribes. So when we have taken on our identity as Easter people, we don't go backwards. And here's the other thing. We don't go it alone. We don't go it alone. I know how individualistic our society is. I live here too. I know I'm as introverted as anybody in this room. I know sometimes I just want to say, it's just you and me, Jesus, you know, and um, I don't want to worry about everybody else. It's just you and me. But look at the conversation Jesus has with Simon Peter. When he's, they're cooking breakfast, which, by the way, is a great idea. Some grilled fish would be great, and throw the bread on the grill, too. It's, it's, it's awesome. But Jesus has this conversation with Simon Peter. He says, do you love me more than these? I'm thinking he's pointing at the boats and nets and everything. Do you love me more than all of this? More than the old way you used to make a living? Do you love me more than that? He, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Feed my little lambs. Second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love me. Tend to my sheep. And then the third time he asked him, it really hurts Simon Peter's feelings. But if you think about it, he had denied him three times. Jesus was giving him a chance to say, I love you three times. And then he says, if you love me, if you love me, feed my sheep. So we fish for people now. It's what we do. And, and we bring them all in, all 153 different kinds of fish, whatever room for all of those fishies in the net. Net doesn't tear. It's big enough for everybody. Once we bring them in, what do we do with them? Well, we feed the little lambs. We tend to the needs of the flock. We feed the grown-up sheep. So the simple answer to the question, what do we do now, is this. We just remember, y'all, that we're fishers of people and we're shepherds of people. Look, I know that's mixing metaphors with the sheep and the fish, but you get the idea. We're Easter people now. The Lord sends us, sends us always forward, never backward. And we're never going alone. Never. Sometimes we just need to remember who we are. If we remember who we are, we'll know what to do. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, touch us now once again with that old, new message of how much you love us and how you're always with us and how you send us out to be fishers and shepherds. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a moment, our, our praise band is going to lead us in a, in a song, but before then, we're going to receive uh, communion. I'm moving our Bibles here so we don't get knock them over. I put them right on Justin's cords here. So now, I want to just remind you of a couple of things as we come to the Lord's table. One is our tradition to come and kneel at the altar, receive communion that way, and if you can uh, do that, then. Great. If you, if, you, if you have knee problems, back problems, hip problems, I understand. You can just stand. You don't have to kneel. And if you want to be served as a seat, we'll do that. We want to let everybody know that everyone, we have open communion in the United Methodist Church. Another reason, if you ask me, that's what I'll tell you why I like the United Methodist Church. We have open communion. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. You just have to be hungry for God. 
so come and welcome and um, you'll be given the way we're doing now uh, is we you'll get a, a, a little cup with a, a wafer in it and then another little cup with grape juice in it um, and then leave your empty cup on the altar rail it's also been our tradition to to leave a communion offering on the altar rail after you receive communion and what we use that for a hundred percent of that is used for our local missions fund to help people who come by the church or call the church for for help in our community and we get those calls all the time so that's what the communion offering goes for um, On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks to the Father and said to his disciples, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Will you pray with me? Oh, gracious God, how thankful we are for what you have done for us, that you invite us to the table even though we don't feel worthy to come and either, even gather the crumbs up under the table. You still say, welcome you welcome and say don't be afraid to come don't be afraid bring bring yourself just as you are God we ask that you would pour out your spirit breathe your Holy Spirit once again on us gathered here out of love for you breathe your Holy Spirit now on these gifts of bread and wine and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ even as you make us the body of Christ redeemed by your blood broken and given to the world as we come to this table make us one with each other one with you and one in ministry to all the world as we are sent forward and not backward together and not alone in Jesus name Amen so I'll get Pastor Andy to come and help me and uh, will you now come to the table of the Lord
Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you to be fishers of people, to be shepherds of people. Go in the peace and power that Jesus gives you. Amen.